Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 93. doing what's up happy memorial day weekend it is day 448 of my pandemic quarantine which is still going on it is becoming a semi-permeable quarantine i suppose uh we're we've seen a few friends that have come over that have been vaccinated i hugged a friend that was that was intense it was very exciting uh our friend Alice came over, and we hadn't seen her in person in well over a year, since right before the pandemic. And so much has happened in both of her lives, more her life than ours, <laughs> but it just we just sat there talking nonstop for three hours, and you know, she had to go, like, her baby was asleep, but you know, she's, her mom was watching her, and... And we were like, we could easily do this for another two, two, three hours, they had so much to catch up on, it was crazy. And, you know, it really alleviated my fear of getting out of this pandemic and not having anything to talk about. I actually think it's going to go fine. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it now. I booked my trip to Alaska. I'm going up there June 20th to June 26th to Fairbanks to see my mom and my sister and some old friends. Got a couple of friends that don't live in Alaska anymore that are also going to be up there then. So that's very exciting. Uh, I don't actually I haven't actually looked if that will uh, overlap with a podcast week or not. Let's check that. Yes, it will. Well, that's interesting. I guess that will mark the sort of a semi-official end of our pandemic. I don't know if I'm going to do one early or if I'm just going to skip a week. We will see. Maybe I'll try and do it in Alaska. <laughs> I don't know how I'll do that without my sweet recording equipment. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, anyway, we had friends over. We had another friend come over. She uh, moved to the region, and not just the region, like like our area, like within walking distance during the pandemic, and we hadn't seen her at all since she moved here like six months ago, and she finally was like, I'm coming over this weekend. This is last weekend when I was gardening, so that was nice. Two friends in the same weekend. It was, it was pretty overwhelming. It was a good time. I'm excited. I'm excited to see people. Uh... I don't know who else I'm going to see before I go to Alaska. I'm going to start going back to New York in July, it's looking like. My first trip back. Uh, probably be like monthly-ish. Not quite the same frequency or cadence that I had before. But I think monthly is going to be about right. We're still sort of working it out with work. We ended up hiring all these people that don't live in New York. So <laughs> we're like, are we ever going to see each other? I'll be in the same place in person. And we're like, how often? Yeah. And then once a month, once a week. And, you know, the, half the company, more than half, still lives in New York. So it's cheapest to do it in New York, even with the hotel bills, because, you know, you have to pay so many more hotel bills for everybody else. So I think our comp company meetings... We'll be in New York. I don't know how often we'll actually bother doing them in person. Maybe quarterly. Uh, there's some clients I got to see. There's obviously some friends I got to see. But yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Also, the three-year anniversary of this podcast will be June 28th of this year. So right after I get back from Alaska, uh, which is interesting. 
Uh, it's not a day I would normally podcast. It, in fact, will be my first day back at work. So I don't know what we're going to do about that. I'm going to start thinking about that. That's kind of exciting. I like this podcast. You know, I, I was a little worried when I was doing this in the in the daily email thing, but it works. I can talk about different things. This is a little bit more of a safe space because there's, you know, podcasts, they're permanent, but they're ephemeral. It's a paradox. But, you know, like, it's not this indexable search of words that you can, you know, look up forever. Um, and you know, they're hosted on my own website. People don't really copy podcasts in the same way. I could delete them if I wanted to. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, all of that. I think about that stuff in the back of my mind. It just it kind of makes it feel nice and safe. So yeah, you know, uh, that's, that's, yeah, thank you, podcast. You've been very helpful these last three years. I've been in a bit of a funk of this last week about politics. I'm out of it now. I got I spent most of the week. It got really bad on Sunday and Monday. And then I slowly started getting better through the rest of the week. I forgot to turn on Do Not Disturb one moment. Okay, that should do it. Yeah, so, you know, I sort of like uh, stopped looking at the news again. <laughs> Went into a big existential crisis about not looking at news and trying to like maintain my mental stability in the face of horrible politics. Uh, there's lots of good politics now, sort of, but, you know, it's not really that good because nothing's happening. The, 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 the pandemic relief bill was great, but everything else is paused because of asshole Republicans and asshole Joe Manchin and asshole Supreme Court and all these awful people will get no independent commission on the January 6th insurrection. We probably won't get an infrastructure bill. We definitely won't. Roe v. Wade's probably going to fall this year. Uh, there's going to be no gun control. We won't get police reform. None of these things are going to happen because of Joe Manchin and a bunch of Republicans. And the Supreme Court, because even if we pass these things, the Supreme Court will strike them down. So, you know, it's nice that uh, that guy isn't president anymore, but a lot of things haven't changed. And I was never one of those people that thought I was going to go back to normal after the election. But I would like to be able to, you know, function as a human being and not be in a constant existential crisis. So I've been doing a little, uh, I guess you could call it self-care, though I'm not a huge fan of that term, but I've been, I've been paying attention to my media consumption i've been working on my personal projects stuff like that stuff like that i did a really fun project this week i'm going a little out of order i didn't take a lot of notes today except for on the media part uh last week actually but i i had this project i've been wanting to do it for a long time and uh you know it's a pandemic related thing and i booked my ticket to alaska and i was like geez man this pandemic's almost over and my mom was here for a few months and i couldn't really do it then because the whole idea of the project is i wanted to make a video a documentary video in time lapse of a average pandemic day in my life right because i've lived the same day like 320 times out of the past 448 days uh my mom was here for two months that definitely makes things up the weekends are a little bit different uh <laughs> that's it <laughs> i mean other than that every day is almost exactly the same right and I wanted to sort of capture it. So I, I made this video. I spent like, uh, well, I did two. It's like bathrooms, full and half bathrooms. You can have one full and two half baths, right? So it's kind of like that. I did one full day of shooting and two half days of shooting. Uh, I wore the same clothes. <laughs> it's kind of like Great British Baking Show. I don't know if you watch that show or if you've noticed, but it takes, you know, each episode shoots over a weekend and they wear the same clothes both days. And I think about it all the time. Like, do they have laundry service at that hotel? Do they get those clothes washed? I mean, it's hot in that tent and they're cooking and they get flour and grease all over everything. And then they wear the same clothes the next day. But it was like that. But, you know, because in the summer I change clothes a lot because I get really sweaty. I had three outfits. So each outfit only got worn for, you know, 
not even a full day in the end. But uh, yeah, so I just shot my whole day in time lapse, like waking up. I mean, it was a lot of work. Like I had a tripod and time lapse cameras and uh, you know, getting out of bed, brushing my teeth, coming downstairs, doing my morning work and writing my, my daily email and going up and getting Jane, then breakfast and bringing her down and watching her till Janet comes and then working till lunch. You know, the whole thing. And it was a it was a bedtime night for Jane. So it was like a night I watched Jane and we did our walk and there was dinner and I took out the recycling and all is just like completely routine mundane stuff I do every day. But I made this pretty nice video of it and it's really good except for two things. One, my hair is awful because it's down to my shoulders, but it's thinning. So I'm like balding on the top with this long hair and it looks terrible because I had it in a ponytail the whole time. And it was super greasy. and It's just bad. I really need to cut it. It looks much better when it's cut. It doesn't look balding. I got to do that soon. So I guess that's a benefit of the video. <laughs> it made me realize I really need to cut this hair. I can make it look good long, but I have to use product or like it has to be newly clean or, or product, one or the other. I can't just be dirty and new product. And then, of course, I put on like 20 pounds in this pandemic. So I looked kind of like ass. I started, started shooting it like it was like an X-Files episode with, when Jillian Anderson was pregnant and everybody was wearing like trench coats and from the waist up <laughs> or from the, from the shoulders up. Yeah, it was bad, but I, and I was like, oh, I should get a haircut. I should call Pooja, my hairstylist. I you know, assume she's still around. I have no idea. Get a haircut and then do this whole thing again. And I might do that. I might do that. I doubt I will because it's a lot of energy. I mean, I'll get the haircut, but I don't think I'll shoot the whole thing again because in a way that is what I was trying to capture. I was trying to capture this document of what it was like every day for 350 days uh, and I, I think it works really well, you know, uh, my other great regret is that I shot most of it on my iPhone 11. I have two iPhones. I always have, I always have two. I keep the two most recent phones. I have an 11 pro and a 12 pro. Uh, I will remind you at this point that I work for a mobile app development, mobile web, com <laughs> a mobile app company, I guess you could say both a publisher and a technology company. I'm allowed to have multiple phones. It's my job. But, uh, you know, I was use I use my 12 Pro for work and for my life. And so I was shooting on the last one and they're both 4K. So I was like, it's good enough, but it's mostly good enough. But the low light stuff isn't near as good on the 11 Pro as the 12 Pro. So I kind of regret that. So those two things make me think I should take another pass at it. Go text Pooja, get a haircut and then take another pass at it. And I'm working my way up to it. I might do that. I would have then two versions, and I think that's fine. And maybe it would even be tell a story about how as the pandemic was getting closer to the end, I was, like, getting my shit back together or something. I don't know. But it was super satisfying. That wasn't this week. I spent this week in a political existential K-hole. But last week, I spent very focused on this project. And, you know, I was using, like clamp mounts I have to shoot Jane in the stroller on the walk and like all this cool stuff. And it, it, it came out pretty well. It is, however, an intensely intimate portrait of our lives and it shows every room of our house and everything we do. And it, it actually, I was, I didn't even think about it before I shot. It. I was like, of course I'm going to post this. I post everything, I, you know, but nope, I'm not going to post it. <laughs> not only do I look terrible, it just feels a little bit too intimate, you know? I don't like it. I don't like it. And there's no like really reviewing it because every frame, it's so many, it's millions of frames, right? It's about 20 minutes long and it's like in time lapse and it's just, I can't examine every frame and I just, but other people could and it just stresses me out. So unfortunately nobody will see it, but it was really rewarding to make. Uh, and yeah, I have, you have been debating, uh, documenting your pandemic life. I don't know. I just have a hunch in 20, 30, 40 years, it'll be interesting to look at these things and think about this, this time. 
Mm, yeah. Anyway, Chatham County's doing well. Uh, the mask, you know, all the mask stuff. Uh, I was pretty freaked out when the CDC just dropped that mask mandate bomb on us all. And I wrote a long rant in my daily email about it. And then uh, in rapid succession, many businesses sort of dropped their mandates. But around here, at least, people don't care. They're still wearing them, the vast majority. I mean, I went to uh, the Asian supermarket today and Home Depot on a Memorial Day, beginning of a Memorial Day weekend. So... You know, that was perhaps a terrible idea, but I wanted to get it done early and I got there at like nine o'clock and, you know, I just get in and out before the people show up. But there were definitely people without masks at Home Depot. Hardware stores are always the worst. But all in all, day to day, like when I do my grocery shopping each week and and the recycling center and that's it. That's the only places I go. Oh, I pick up pizza once a week. People are still wearing masks everywhere. So that's good. Uh, I was really worried people were just going to be like, we're free and drop the masks. But no, even even today at the gas station, people were wearing masks outside. So, you know, that's good. That's going well. It's been a week of no rain and 90 degree weather, which is pretty intense. It's kind of awesome. It's not too humid. Uh, Normally, 90 degrees in the summer here in North Carolina is very, very humid. But this is kind of a weird freak spring heat wave that doesn't have the commensurate humidity. So it's actually been really nice. And I'm really into it. A lot of watering of the plants, a lot of constant watering of the plants. And it looks like now (laughs) Memorial Day weekend is when it decides to start raining on and off for a week. But I don't care. I'm going to go garden in the rain anyway as soon as I'm done doing this podcast. It's not raining yet, but it's going to. Uh, Because I got a lot of gardening to do, and I'm very excited, and I want to get to it. And I got a sweet new battery-powered chainsaw today, and I want to try it out on a log I got. (laughs) Power tools. Power tools. Yeah, it's lovely here. I'm into it. It's been nice. It's been nice. The kitties are good. Roy the black cat is becoming very very affectionate and snuggly and it's really nice and you he'll just whenever he sees me he just lays down in front of me and sticks out his belly and I tickle him with my toes and he loves it I do think he was the one of the two cats that pooped in the guest bathroom sink though Emma had been trying to get away with only one litter box with these two cats also on the third floor and it was working mostly but there's one poop there and so she built a second litter box and put it in the laundry room where Fanny, our old cat, had their litter box. And Roy immediately went in there and pooped in it. So we suspect Roy as opposed to the calico cat, Keely. Uh, but that seems to be fixed. I Emma's got a very... <laughs> I've been encouraging her to make a YouTube video about this, but she has designed her own kitty litter box system that is very high-tech and very clever, and but it does involve wood. So today when I was at Home Depot, I had to pick up some wood for her. And my God, wood, I know we all know this, but wood is so expensive. One thing I will notice, though, I noticed and I will say, though, is that in the mid-sized plywood, at least, so not the full sheets, you know, the section where they got the the two foot by four foot half sheets of plywood, uh, percentage wise, high end birch plywood is not much more expensive than the cheap stuff. Like in the old days percentage wise you could get like a quarter inch pine sheet of two by two foot by four foot plywood for like four bucks and then really good thick birch like you know 15 30 seconds or half inch or something like that uh two by four birch multiply was like twelve dollars like it was like two to three hundred percent more money i'm 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 ballparking here but you know it's been a while uh but now they are respectively 18 and $24. So they're both way more money, but the birch high-end stuff hasn't gone up as much. And percentage-wise, it's a bargain now, right? You're going to pay like 18 bucks for a crappy-ass piece of plywood. You might as well spend like $3 more 
for a good piece of plywood. So that's kind of interesting. So, you know, I splurged, got the, 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 the multi-ply, five-ply birch stuff for her, her kitty litter box contraptions. Got some new deck brooms. <laughs> Went through the garden section, but I was like, I don't need any of this stuff. I'm a pro gardener. Oh, that's not true. I bought a shovel because the only shovel I had, well, I had a snow shovel and then I had a spade. I needed a flat tipped shovel to move dirt around that you drag around in tarps because, you know, spade obviously rips the tarp. So I got that, but really I didn't need any gardening stuff. I went through the section. I was like, yeah, I got everything I need. I am a gardening master. That's not true. My garden's kind of shitty. Um, it's not shitty. It's doing okay. But the squirrels are at it really bad. And I definitely made some mistakes. Uh, I watched last night a, a James Prigioni, the uh, New Jersey bro gardener on YouTube I really like. What's up, gardeners? It's James Brigioni coming live to you from Jersey. God, you know, this guy's not a celebrity. If you ever heard this podcast and heard some random dude in North Carolina do imitations of it, it probably blow his mind. Anyway, he did a video that was like 10 mistakes gardeners made. And I basically have made all those mistakes, right? My, my seedlings are too root bound. I planted them in the ground too early. That's not true. I did do hardening off. Uh, I did water in. But I definitely put things in the ground too early. Peppers and basil and tomatoes all to spring before it was summer. But they're all in now. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they, the, the squirrels and rabbits are just eating everything. And they're not eating everything. But they ate all my peas, which sucked because they were growing really well. And I'm really bad at growing peas. And they were finally doing great. And then some rodent came through and just mowed them down in one night. That was a bummer. I've been putting out like honeypot lettuce, like a bunch of romaine lettuce in this long, narrow planter at the edge to like keep them from just not going into the rest of the garden. And it worked for a while, but that all got eaten. And then the next day they ate the bees. So I got to transport plants more lettuce into my honeypot today. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> and a lot of grow bags. I got to put a pot up a lot of stuff that's in two small pots. I put way too many things in two small pots and I planted things too close together. I've been relentlessly thinning my beets and my carrots. And my radishes, because they were just way too thick. But uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to fix things. But some stuff is doing great. The peppers are doing great. Tomatoes seem to be doing really well. Especially the determinants, the bushy tomatoes, the romas, and the cherries. They're doing great. Bok choy is doing great. Fennel's doing great. Uh, cucumbers I planted too early, but they are starting to catch up now. Same with the pumpkins. I don't plant any pumpkins. Same with the watermelons. Planted too early, but now they're finally starting to take and live very happy in the summer sun. So things are going well in the garden, but, you know, I'm definitely not a pro. But I don't need any more supplies. That is definitely true. Definitely true. Jane's doing well. She had her biggest poop ever last night. It was insane. Got all over my arms when I was holding her. It was up her back. It was up her front. It was everywhere. People tell me stories about poops like this, but I'd never seen one. It was, it was, it was a sight to behold. It was amazing. Uh, but then after the poop, I was getting her ready to take her over to Grammys to spend the night at Grammys. And then, so I did, you know, we didn't have her in the evening. We didn't have her this morning. It is my night off tonight. So I, that was like my big finale. I don't have to see, <laughs> I get to see her, but I don't have to do Jane work until tomorrow morning. So that's nice. I've got a whole day. Uh, I kind of miss her. I miss her already. It'll be exciting to see her at lunch. <laughs> so you know uh emma the other day she was like after the cat poop and the, the giant jane poop because before i went up to, to watch jane last night she was like she hasn't pooped yet today so keep an eye out and i did keep an eye out and i caught it but i caught it with my arm uh she was like i am keeping track of the bowel movements of way too many tiny creatures right now <laughs> i thought that was very profound 
Uh, yeah, work's going well. Uh, yeah, Apple has rolled out their ATT uh, iOS 14.5 with the app tracking transparency system, ad tracking transparency system. Uh, the thing I've been worried about for nine months now, it's rolled out, but they're slow rolling it now. Nobody knows why. So, you know, I think 20% rollout. Uh, they make the download available for people that really want it, but that means you got to go into your system settings and say check for download, and if there's a download there, you can download it. But eventually, Apple sends a push notification or begins auto-update for the people that have auto-update enabled and alerts everybody else that there's a download and asks them if they want it. That's when the adoption of a new iOS really speeds up. And they haven't done that. And it's, the, it's not the slowest rollout ever, but of 20, it is the second slowest rollout. And so I'm just like, come on, man. I've been worried about this since September of 2020. Nah, that's not even true. Like July of 2020, it is getting close to a year that I've been stressing about this stupid system. And I implement, we implemented it by, I don't know, September of last year. We sat around and waited for him to launch it with a date they wouldn't give us. Then they finally launch it. Now they're slow rolling the rollout. And it's like, you know what I actually think is do happening? I believe profoundly, I will tell you this, I believe profoundly they were slow rolling the rollout to, this sounds so paranoid. <laughs> it sounds so paranoid, but I still believe it, that they were slow rolling the rollout to not have the entire rollout happen until after the epic Apple trial. Epic Games, makers of Fortnite, based here in the Triangle, have sued Apple about App Store policies, and I believe Apple did not want, during the trial, to have a big news story about how a bunch of people were annoyed with this relentless pop-ups, because that's what's going to happen. I mean, obviously, there's some good about the, the rules, don't get me wrong. I am not completely anti-app tracking transparency, I'm just against the way Apple has implemented it. Uh... But I bet they just didn't want a bunch to be in the news with a bunch of pop-ups and annoying people and, and removal of choice and dictating this in the news during the lawsuit. It was in the news, but it would have been in the news a lot more if they had rolled it out quicker. That's my theory. I don't know how well it's going to work because the judge said, is now deliberating and it could take months and they're obviously not going to slow roll it for months. I hope. I am sick of living my life in my company at the whimsy of Apple. It is very frustrating. I want to worry about other things in the world. But... Yeah, so that's what's going on with that. So far, we are doing fine. Will we stay to do fine? It's difficult to say. And then, yeah, the Apple uh, Epic lawsuit. Uh, I watched the whole thing. I think Apple's going to win. I'm not happy about it. I don't think they should lose completely. Uh, this is a case where I think I would like to see the judge split the baby. I think that it is totally wrong and borderline immoral that Apple does not let apps tell you you can buy things on the web. <laughs> if you have the Kindle app on your phone and you're wondering why you can't buy a book on the Kindle in your Kindle app, it's because Amazon does not want to give Apple a cut. And Apple will not let Amazon say in their own app, we don't want to give Apple a cut, so go buy the book on the web. That is the truth. You can go to Safari. You can type in a book named Kindle and it will go to the Kindle version. And then you can buy it and then it'll show up in your Kindle app. It's a big hassle. And part of that is Amazon because they don't want to pay the fee. But part of that is very much Apple because it's very confusing because they're not allowed to speak. They're not allowed to say things, <laughs> which is, I think, a bit much. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know what's going to happen, but I am not confident it is going to lead any major changes in the ecosystem, which I think is, you know, I don't know what the changes are. And I, I have opinions, but they're not 
perfect, but I will say it's very obvious that Apple is a monopoly when it comes to this. You can't not be there. Doesn't matter that Google exists. Doesn't matter that Google Android is a bigger operating system. A mobile company can't exist without being on iOS. And to be on iOS, they have to play by Apple's rules. And nobody can say, I want to make a competing system. It just isn't possible. So that to me is a monopoly. And I think something should be done. But I bet nothing's going to be done. So we shall see. Uh, still thinking about the studio reorg, uh, definitely still thinking there's going to be a treadmill there by the fall because I want to be able to exercise next winter. And I am now thinking, I was watching a YouTube video of RR buildings, this guy that does a really good sort of pole barn style. They, they don't call it that anymore buildings. Um, but he was doing it in his workshop, doing the tool review. And I was like looking and he just had you know, a really nice set of, uh, you know, workbench drawers like everybody has. His were black and not red, which is really what made me realize they were black with a nice wooden top. And I was like, oh, I, I could get like, you know, because I want a counter that spans the length of this wall so I can get my record crates that are not on the counter up on a counter. So I don't have to bend over and pull out these record crates. And I don't have any more Cubitec and they don't make it anymore. And I have alerts on the used stuff, but there just isn't anymore. And I was like, oh, I could get like workbenches. So I was looking on the Home Depot and they have these like $300, really nice gray workbenches. They're 72 inches and my room is just wide enough to fit three. Three of them would be what, 216 inches. My room's like 221 inches. Uh, and I think it looked really nice. Uh, so I might Photoshop that today. <laughs> Not today, on a rainy day, tomorrow or Sunday or Monday or something. I don't know. Uh, I might Photoshop that in and see what it looks like, but, and I obviously had to get my wife's opinion on it, but like that whole area is just becoming like a pile of junk and I need to fix it. And I think that would work. I think that would be really nice. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm at with that. I will keep you informed. Media. If you are on my Plex, I've added all four purge movies. <laughs> I've never seen them. I don't know anything about them except for one night. I read the Wikipedia plot summaries of all of them. And I was like, these seem totally bonkers. And, uh, a friend of mine was in New York and Chinatown and saw some Asian guy wearing, a, uh, like a, the hat from the purge, the MAGA style hat that says the first purge or whatever. And he was like, I don't know what this means. And I was like, Oh, it's from a movie. Uh, and all of a sudden I just was like, I kind of want to watch these. So I downloaded all of those, uh, and they're in there, uh, La Dolce Vita from 1960, Fellini, wonderful film. Og asked for it, my friend Og. I hadn't seen it in years. I still haven't seen it again, but I, I poked around it and I was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Also, a ton of, it's a Criterion edition. There's a ton of great bonus stuff, content on that if you're interested. And then Johnny Swade, uh, early Johnny Depp movie that also features a cameo of Nick Cave. Love that film, saw it in the theater, just popped into my head the other day and I was like, I got to watch that again. So I'm actually going to watch that tonight, I think, or start it while I am watching Jane. Maybe, although it's maybe, yeah, soon, very soon, very soon. Uh, didn't sell a lot on Discogs this week. I sold a Damon and Naomi CD. Damon and Naomi are awesome, if you don't know about them. They were the drummer and bassist of Galaxy 500, except for in the other order. Damon was the drummer. No, that's the right order. Damon was the drummer. Naomi was the bassist in Galaxy 500. Then they became Damon and Naomi. They also played in a few awesome psych rock bands in Boston, but the solo Damon and Naomi is very delicate, kind of a little bit more mellow version of Galaxy 500. Very pretty stuff. I really like them. They own a publishing company called Exact Change Press that I'm a big fan of, and I used to see them in Boston all the time. One time I ate next to them 
at Rod D, a really good Thai takeout place in Brookline. It isn't made to have people eating it. It's only got two tables, and they were at one, and I was at the other. I was like, oh, my God, it's Damon and Naomi. Oh, my God, it's Damon and Naomi. But I didn't say a word to them. <laughs> oh, my God, I love them so much. Anyway, uh, and Damon is very good on Twitter, actually. So, if you know, if you, if you there's that. Pierre Etoile EP on Elephant Records from Spain. Sold that. Texas Governor. Uh, this is a band I used to be in, so that was very exciting to sell two of these CDs. I have a lot of them. They're on Arch Enemy Records. Uh, Texas Governor is the... Uh, I was in the band, but I was in his band. The Texas Governor is a person. Dave Golkazian, the former lead singer of The Elevator Drops. He's a great guy, a good friend of mine. And is uh, now with another very good old friend of mine. So that's great. There are a couple now. It's awesome. Uh, anyway, I sold uh, two of his CDs, the self-titled one and The Experiment, the two that I put out on Arch Enemy. And uh, I still have more copies of The Experiment. I'm not actually sure if I have any more copies of the self-titled one. I got to run to the storage space today to drop some stuff off, so I will check there. That's where I keep most of the Arch Enemy catalog. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I was in his band for a while. It was really super fun. It was when I was early Barbarian Group days, and I was really overworked, and I I couldn't really... I think Aug had already... I don't know if Aug had moved to England yet, the bassist in my old band. But, um, you know, I didn't really have a lot of time to be in a full band where we were writing songs and stuff, and so I was just in his band because he wrote all the songs, and I just played rhythm guitar and Moog keyboard, and I didn't have to think a lot. And I got to go to rehearsal, but, you know, I didn't have to write, and it wasn't obsessed. It was super fun. The shows are fun. Some of the biggest shows I ever played, we opened for a bit, uh, Sheila Divine at a sold-out show at the Paradise. That was really fun. Uh, yeah, I just really loved being in that band, and uh, I miss it. And then I sold Seafield, Kikwei, their first album, I believe, uh, on CD. And I instantly regretted it, and I sucked it up, and I bought a vinyl copy, which really hurt. My friend Nick had a vinyl copy that he sold recently, and in hindsight, I should have bought his, because I can only afford the repressing, which was still insanely expensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, but as I've been listening to Seafield a lot again lately, luckily I have all most of their other work on vinyl already, so... I won't have to go down that rabbit hole of spending too much money on that. And that is a good transition into the vinyl section because, my God, I bought way too much vinyl in the last two weeks. It's, it's, it's bad. Uh, some of it, well, two of them were purchased long ago but that finally shipped. Beachy Head, self-titled album, Beachy Head. Beachy Head is a new band uh, featuring Christian and Rachel from Slow Dive and the drummer of the Flaming Lips, and the man in a band called Casket Girls that I love. Uh, I learned about them when they opened for Slow Dive at Cat's Cradle, and they are just super cool. And uh, anyway, Beachy Head sounds more like Slow Dive than anything, but it's definitely a little weirder. Definitely hear the Flaming Lips and Casket Girls influences, and I really, really like the album. It's an LP, but it's, re it's, at 40, it's pressed at 45 which keeps throwing me off when I put other records on. Uh, but it's really nice, and it's really good. It is on Spotify. I really like it. And long ago, I ordered a colored vinyl Urban Outfitters exclusive of the Dua Lipa album, Future Nostalgia, and it just shipped. So I got that this week, too, which was nice because I hadn't been listening to her in months. So I was like, oh, yeah, Dua Lipa. This is great. Uh, but really, everything else is because I've got this new system where I look at Discog's new listings each day, sorted by low price first, uh, available for shipping in the United States. So I'm just looking for cheap stuff. And 
So it's been working. I've been spending, you know, $1, $2, $3 on these records, but I have been buying a lot of them. I found a beat-up used copy, radio, old radio promo of the first Think Tree album, 813. Think Tree was a Boston industrial band. One of the first shows I saw when I got to Boston. This super cool girl in my dorm, Jen Bowes, I met her, and she was just awesome, and she introduced me to so much. And she she was like, we're going to go see Think Tree, because she was from Providence, so she knew stuff already. And they were great. And... uh I later got to know him a little bit, ran into one of them at Moog Fest a couple years back here in North Carolina, But uh, and I own their other album, the one they eventually got signed to a major, they were discovered by Trent Reznor <laughs> in a Burger King, <laughs> something like that, I think that's the story. Uh, I, I already had that album on vinyl, but I never had a copy of 813 on vinyl, I have the CD, it's autographed. But uh, and this is a very beat up copy, but I'm, I'm glad I own it on vinyl. So I've been listening to that a lot lately. Swell. I love this band so much. Uh, I first learned about Swell in like 1992 because they played TT the Bears in Boston with His Name is Alive. And I loved them so much. And the next day we went down to see them in uh, New York at Brownies, both bands. His Name is Alive and Swell and a band there. I think it was 92, might have been 91, but uh, anyway, another band on the bill down there was this band called Difference Engine, actually they were on both bills, they were really good, this like kind of gothy shoegaze band, uh, and then I went down to New York with my friend Mike Anderson and my girlfriend at the time, Beth, and we stayed at a friend of Beth's house in the village, and the next morning we came out of the apartment, and across the landing on the stairway, this guy came out of the apartment, and it was the main guy in that band, Difference Engine. And I was like, hey, man, I saw you play last night. I came down from Boston. He's like, oh, I was like, I saw you in Boston, too. He's like, oh, yeah, we're from there. And uh, I became friends with that guy. And then I would say 10 or 11 years later, he became a partner in my company, became the CTO of the Barbarian Group, went on to found his own company, Particle, uh, which got acquired by Apple and uh, started another band called The Skating Club, produced my Rockets, the second Rockets Burst from the Street Lamps album. He's been a great friend for, you know, 20, 30 years now. And I met him at a Swell show or after a Swell show. Anyway, Swell, however, have got signed to Deaf American and they put out some great records. Uh, they stayed around for a long time, ended up having like five, six albums. I've been very good. I was very good at diligently buying them all on vinyl, but I never got the first album. They, uh, they had their own label called Psycho Specific and the first album was not put out by Deaf American. The second one, Well, was. And, uh, or maybe it was at long last. I can't remember the order of the albums. Anyway, I finally got a copy. I'd never heard it, and I finally got one. It's really beat up, which is why I could afford it. <laughs> but it's awesome, and it's way more goth than the other swell, and suddenly I can kind of understand why they're on that bill with his, uh, his name is Alive. But yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I'm very excited I finally own that because they're a great band. Uh, I also found out while listening to it, I was like, whatever happened to these guys? Why didn't they ever put out any more music? It turns out the main guy and one of the other guys in the band, at least two of them, are in a new band called Be My Weapon, and I listened to their album Greasy this week, and it's fantastic. It's just like a continuation of Swell, and I'm very excited because I've gone like 10 years without new Swell music, and now I realize there's all these Be My Weapon albums, and they have another band, and so I'm very excited. That's very exciting. Uh, and then I got some 12-inch singles. I got the electronic Feel Every Beat 12-inch single. Electronic was the super group of Johnny Marr from The Smiths, Bernard Sumner from New Order and Joy Division, and for a while, Neil Tennant from the Pet Shop Boys, though by this point he was out of the band. It was just Johnny Marr and Bernard Sumner. Got that 12-inch for a dollar. <laughs> Got the uh, Spiritualized Come Together remixes, uh, two remixes of Come Together from 
Oh my God. What album? That's on ladies and gentlemen. Yep. There is, there is literally a 20 foot wide poster of this album in front of me. I'm trying to remember what album it's on. Ladies and gentlemen, we're floating in space. Uh, two remixes. Never heard them before. They're okay. Not bad. Not bad. Better than the chemical brothers remix of, I think I'm in love. I'll say that. Uh, MC 900 foot Jesus. I'm going straight to heaven. I've talked about this guy before. I'm very fascinated with MC 900 foot Jesus. This, uh, I had this single on CD single and I sold it. I've been trying to buy all the early MC 900 foot Jesus, actually all MC 900 foot Jesus on vinyl because I'm really fascinated. And this single was a really interesting bridge. These remixes, they're really dubby and ambient and kind of like a good bridge between the early MC 900 foot Jesus, whereas like spoken word, a little comedic. And the later stuff that was like very dub, uh, sort of Middle Eastern music inspired that I really like. I saw him at the Paradise on that tour and it was just awesome. And uh, this 12 inch single is a nice bridge between those two. So that was that was interesting. It was like two bucks. Uh, programming the Psycho Drill. <laughs> PTP. Their seminal 12 inch single Rubber Glove Seduction. PTP is ministry with the band members all mixed up. Uh, Chris Connolly, who is in ministry is sings in PTP. Al Jorgensen, who sings in ministry is in PTP, but he doesn't sing Paul Barker as well. Uh, it's a song they play at Man Ray all the time. And at TT's heroes in the nights that Chris, you and the DJ at Man Ray does it at TT's and now, uh, where it's red Sonia, I think it's called now in Cambridge. Uh, you know, it's the one that goes tick, tick, tock. I am the kitchen clock. Tick, tick, tock. This is my wife. Anyway, that song. I uh, got the 12-inch single of that. I owned the CD forever, but I never owned the vinyl, so I got that. That was great. Yellow, the band that does, oh, yeah. I was a big fan of their early albums. Uh, and I have that album. It's called Stella. I have that on vinyl, I think. And I have a couple of the other ones, but I never had Solid Pleasure on vinyl, and I got a cheap copy of that. So I'm very excited about that. And Populate Itself, who for a long time in the 90s were my favorite band, uh, well, along with Spiritualized, but they were just such an amazing live band. Poppy itself was just one of the most phenomenal live bands. Uh, and I got three of their 12 inches for like a buck each. <laughs> I have almost every Poppy itself 12 inch. In fact, I own two of these already, but I did not own these pressings. <laughs> Actually, I owned all of these already. The X, Y, and Z 12 inch, I already owned it, but this one was on lime green vinyl. The Another Man's Rhubarb 12 inch, I already owned it, but this is a different version with a different remix. And the Karmadrome 12 inch, I own the CD single, but I never own the 12 inch. <laughs> I think I spent collectively $6 on those. So that was good. Uh, yeah, and then other music I listened to this week. Uh, I gave the new Mighty Mighty Boston's album a chance. <laughs> I did not like it. Uh, you know, they started in Boston right around the time I got there. That girl Beth I dated in college, the first show we ever went to together was the Boston's. She really liked them. The saxophone player, Kevin Lanier, was from my high school in Fairbanks, Alaska. He was older than me. We, he was a senior when I was a freshman, but I was friends with his brother. He's not in the band anymore, but he was in the band for a long time. So, you know, and obviously Boston, uh, I, I got to listen to the Bostons, but I didn't learn. I didn't really like it. It was pretty absurdist. It's kind of funny watching them try to be woke while they make, I don't, maybe it's going to work. Maybe there's a bunch of like FSU punks out there that are listening to the new Bostons. I'm like, you know what? Gun control's not a bad idea. I don't know what the big thud was. My wife is at PT. I think that was the cats. The cats are out of control, man. Anyway, that was good. Uh, Matt and Kim have a new EP called Be Kind Rewind. It's all covers. It's six covers. It's like 11 minutes long. It's fantastic. Thank you, Nikki, for alerting me to that. Fight Milk, not Flight Milk. I always call them Flight Milk, but it's Fight Milk. Have a new album out. It's called Contender. 
It features my favorite song by them. I'm starting to think you don't even want to go to space. It's a great record. I really like it. New album. Strong recommend. Fight Milk. Contender. Uh, Dark Side. The... uh, The band that is Nicholas Jar and that other guy, not Dark Side, the band that I liked in the 90s that was uh, <laughs> Baseman from Spaceman 3's band after Spaceman 3, <laughs> Dark Side, who I really liked as well, which is why I never listened to this Dark Side, but it was the Vinyl Me Please album of the month and they sent it to me and it's actually fucking awesome and I did not, uh, oh, so I guess it's vinyl. I mentioned that last week. Whatever, it's really good. Finally listened to it. And then I decided to listen to this guy, Citizen Cope, because I, people always, or I, I don't know, I mean, I, okay, yeah, right, I remember now. So first off, there's Julian Cope from Teardrop Explodes, who I love, and I really love his autobiographies. He's got two of them. They're great books. And then there was this band I was really into, kind of a shoegazy thing called Citizen Bird in the 90s. I don't know what happened to them. I need to look them up. But for a long time, I would mix up Citizen Bird and Citizen Cope. And finally, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sort this out and listen to this guy. I don't think I've ever listened to him. And I listened to two of his records, Citizen Cope and the Clarence Greenwood recordings. And I'm like, meh, yeah, not my thing. But eh, he's talented. Uh, And then John Grant. I didn't know about this guy. This guy rules. I never heard of him. And I feel like totally like not cool about that. Nikki as well told me about this one. So I listened to three, well, two of his albums, Love is Magic and Queen of Denmark. And I had actually listened to one song from Queen of Denmark ages ago, but I didn't, and I started, but I never got, I didn't click and I never listened to him. Didn't realize how influential he was, that he, you know, all this stuff. And then I listened to his old band, The Czars, the Best Of album, conveniently called Best Of, which was really good as well. And I just, this is one of those holes in my musical knowledge that when, you know, whenever it happens, you're like, how did I not know about this? But yeah, he's really awesome. Love is Magic is a real weird, crazy album, man. <laughs> I'm super into it. Uh, actually, maybe only I only listen to stuff Nikki recommends anymore because the next one was his two. Nope, that's not true. This was from my friend Doug. Wawa Collective. Yara Say Doom. This album was awesome. Might have only been an EP, but it's really good. Wow, wow, wow. W-A-U-W-A-U Collective with an F. Yara Say Doom. That was a great record. Super good, sort of African inspired. I don't know anything about them. I don't know if it was African inspired or just African. It was great. Uh, yeah, mellow, groovy, a little bit dubby. Awesome. Uh, Erica DeCassier, uh, sensational. I listened to that because she is a new signing to 480 Records. Even though 480 is not the 480 of the yesteryear, I still try and listen to every new album because they're all pretty good. Uh, and she was pretty good. I liked it. Only gave it one listen so far, but I'll give it some more. Mm, yeah, I don't remember a lot about it though, so I can't tell you too much about it along with natalie bergman mercy i don't remember at all why i listened to that <laughs> don't remember anything about it i meant to take notes i didn't take notes then i listened to the new olivia rodrigo which was great <laughs> that girl has a lot of problems with boys she she's she's in love she she feels she's got the feels i mean i don't know maybe it's all whatever it's a great record i like it's rock production she's got an incredible voice it's a debut album she's like what 17 it's pretty stunning it's pretty amazing there's a new Loney Deer album, Swedish singer-songwriter. I've been very fond of for a long time. It's called A Lantern and a Bell. I listened to that. It is fantastic. A little bit more straightforward singer-songwriter than his earlier stuff. Less like vocal overdubs, less layers, more sparse, but it's really pretty, and I really liked it. Blank, B, pipe, underscore, to form an L, but it's a pipe and an underscore. The album is called Fentanyl. It was on Bandcamp. I don't remember who told me to listen to it. It is fantastic, though, but it is basically a full-on noise in the Merzbaum Masana style. 
And uh, I loved it. <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing. Mm, got a cough. Excuse me. There we go. All set. And that's it. So, yeah. You know, I mean, it's like 20 albums I listened to. But not as much as some weeks or, or bi-weekly periods where I plow through like 30, 40 albums. But, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, TV, Emma and I are finishing The Great British Baking Show. Like, literally finishing it. We have, I think, four episodes left. And then we'll have seen every episode, except for the two seasons that don't, don't exist in America, or at least aren't on Netflix. And I'm ready to start watching something else. I'm not going to lie. I have a lot of thoughts about it, though. We lately, we spent the entire last episode trying to figure out the color pattern of the mixers. <laughs> We're like, okay, there's three different colors of mixers. Do they correspond with the colors of the benches? Are they different colors? You know, we spent one whole episode figuring out the refrigerator placement and its evolution over time. And another episode figuring out why the counters are different lengths and how some of them have sinks. And the sinks move. And how do they move? How do they move the plumbing? Do they have, like, plumbing in the floor? That is very curious. I'm very curious about that. Um, don't love really pretty much anybody. Last season we watched was great, and we liked a lot of the people in it. And the one before that as well. But this one, like, you know, I'm, I'm not we're, we're not watching the seasons in order and I'm not going to name names. So I'm trying not to do spoilers, but I'm um, not a big fan of every, anybody really in this season. They're fine. Unobjectionable. Is that my doorbell? I don't know. Oh, my God. I spent like, I don't know. I didn't. I spared you from this, but I swear to God, I spent like 20 hours in the last two weeks fixing our doorbells and our networking. It, it's awesome now. Our Wi-Fi rules, <laughs> but it took a lot of a lot of work, a lot of work, and I'm sick of thinking about doorbells. Uh, yeah, and then I watched The Nevers, part one of season one. It's I think six or six or eight episodes, six episodes. Uh, this was a show produced by Joss Whedon. I think I talked about this last week, last time. It was sold to HBO right before he got you know he didn't exactly get me too'd. He got sort of blackballed because he was an asshole to a lot of people and perhaps a little racist. Uh, so he wisely, he's a producer on this show and he's a creator and he's got a deep financial interest, but he wisely removed himself and they announced he's not going to be working on the show going forward, which isn't that abnormal for him. He did this as well with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it should be said that everybody that works on this show actually said he was very lovely. So perhaps he's gone to some therapy and has stopped being an asshole to everyone. Uh, I don't know. Uh, in any case, he will not be show running or directing anymore. I, I think that's reasonable. He's, I think it'd be okay if he still wrote, right? You can write and just stay hidden away and other people don't have to deal with your shit. But yeah, so anyway, I watched it all and the first five episodes had a lot of... A lot to like, but it was wildly uneven in its pacing, and it expected too much from me as a viewer. Kind of the way that like Stephen Moffat does in his era of Doctor Who and Sherlock, where it's like, look, man, I'm not watching TV to like figure out your complicated puzzles, right? And Westworld did this a little bit to some extent too, but Westworld was entertaining anyway, and you didn't realize till later that they were dropping all these clues for some crazy ass stuff. But this one, it's like, oh, God, this is like watching Games Magazine. <laughs> I don't want to think this much. But at the end, it really delivered. So if you are considering it, I think watching these six will be worth it. That is my tepid recommendation for it. I'm watching The Bad Batch, the new Star Wars animated series, sort of a continuation of The Clone Wars. And it is way better than I thought. I mean, it's not great, but it's better than I thought it was going to be. I totally wasn't looking forward to the Bad Batch. I thought it was going to be stupid. Uh, also, it's way more violent. They are actually shooting people and showing shots into them. Like, they had a 
blaster hit somebody and make a hole in their chest. They didn't used to do this in the Clone Wars. I think they've just abandoned all pretense that these animated shows are for children. <laughs> it's violent, man. But uh, it's pretty good. It comes out every Friday. So I'll probably watch the new one in the next couple days. I haven't got to it yet. Uh, yeah. And then I have been slowly working through that Netflix comic book show, Jupiter's Legacy. I don't love it, but I don't hate it so much that I stop, but I don't watch it that often. I watch one every three or four days because it's like, it's all right. It's, it, it, it's almost good. I'm not regretting watching it, but I'm not eager and I'm not hooked. So that's what's going on with that. I haven't watched a single movie. I've actually been watching less YouTube. I, I'm still watching some of my favorites, April Wilkerson. Uh, the gardening, some of the gardening ones, uh, this guy that does really cool things on lathes, uh, the lockpicking lawyer. Uh, but uh, some of them, I'm just sort of like, I'm, I'm kind of over this. <laughs> uh, and I've been watching, you know, Bad Batch and the Nevers and Jupiter's Legacy instead during that time. I have not watched a single movie in two weeks, and I feel really bad about that. But I was thinking I might actually go to the movies this weekend and watch the new Fast and Furious movie in the theater with a mask on while vaccinated, hopefully in an empty theater. Kind of considering doing that. That could be fun. Uh, and then books, I did decide to go ahead and reread the Remembrance of Earth's Past trilogy, the three-body problem, and the two subsequent books. I am on the second book right now, The Dark Forest, which uh, is fantastic. I love these two books. I didn't like the third one as much the first time. It'd be interesting to see if I love it as much the second time. But yeah, I'm very into them. I, I'm very happy to reread them. It's probably the quickest I've ever reread books in my life. I looked it up and I read them originally in 2019. And there was so much I didn't remember. And also, I really thought that like knowing the plot was going to make them less interesting because it's just such a brilliant plot and has so many twists and turns and surprises that really like sort of wowed me. But no, they're still really good even when you know the plot. <laughs> so, so that's impressive. That's impressive. I have a deeper regard for these books than I did previously. it for memorial day weekend good to talk to you guys hope you're doing all right uh hope you have a lovely weekend i will talk to you in two weeks i don't know what's gonna happen after that uh, but i'll have a plan by next time try and get outside hope it doesn't rain too much where you are and uh talk to you soon take care <laughs>